0: book is so awesome I can do anything this book is so awesome I am the potion Hi, my name is Joel Watson. And I'm Lily Watson. And you're listening to Potter and Daughter, the Harry Potter podcast, where I talk to my eight-year-old daughter as she reads through the Harry Potter book series, and we discuss each chapter in each book. Lily, what book are we still reading?
1: The Half-Blood Prince.
0: Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. This is book six, and we are on chapter 21. Chapter 21, The Unknowable Room. Before we get started... There is something I completely blanked on that was very important the last time we recorded at the end of the last episode when we were talking about uh, the chapter, chapter 20, uh, I think it's called Lord Voldemort's Request or Voldemort's Request. This is where Voldemort wanted to be the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. At Hogwarts, we talked about all of his possible motivations for wanting to be a teacher and what sort of power he thought that would give him what we left out and w- something I had forgotten since reading the books originally was that Dumbledore then surmises what has Voldemort done to the position of defense against the dark arts at Hogwarts. Do you remember?
1: What has he done?
0: Do you remember what he does when he doesn't get the job the second time? Mm-mm. The first time he asks professor Dippet if he can have the job and he says, you're too young. You need to wait. Then he asks Dumbledore when he's headmaster, and he knows Dumbledore's, or he knows Voldemort is probably up to no good, and so he outright refuses him. He, Dumbledore then surmises that Voldemort has cursed the position, which is why, since that day, no one has taught Defense Against the Dark Arts for more than one year. Do you remember that? Partly. I feel like it's an easy detail to overlook, but it's extremely important. It's so easy to leave out that I completely forgot it. It's definitely not in the movies. Um, I just, I don't know. I blanked on this, and I really wanted to talk about it last time because that gives us a lot of information about why that position is so unlucky. Who's who's had that position each year? Let's see. Of Harry's school career.
1: Yeah. We've had, we've had Professor Quirrell, sure. Professor Lockhart, hmm. Professor Lupin, hmm. Fake Professor Moody, true. See who's ah, uh, umbridge, mm-hmm. and this year is Snape.
0: Now, a lot of things here come to light. For instance. Perhaps it's not entirely the fault of the events of his book that made Professor Lupin unable to stick around. Because he would have been a good permanent addition to Hogwarts, I think.
1: It was just because people would have found out that he was a werewolf.
0: But maybe not. Maybe Maybe they would have found out because of this curse. Now, there is debate amongst the Harry Potter fan community whether somehow Voldemort cursed the job or he cursed the room. But he did it as he left Dumbledore's office, I believe. Like, I'm, that's it. I will make sure that. Here's what you don't know, or here's what I don't understand. Did he make it so that no one could be that teacher for more than one year so that he would have another opportunity to get the position? Or just as a meanness to Dumbledore and to Hogwarts.
1: Wait, so he literally, like, muttered a curse?
0: Yes. He oh. he put a spell on the position or the the room of Defense Against the Dark Arts at Hogwarts so that no one could have the job for... Or, or Dumbledore expects that's why no one's had the job for more than like, a year.
1: Like, no more than one year <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't even know if he specified the time <laughs> or if that just how it worked out, but he specified that maybe no one would would have that position permanently. And it might just be that just as a a final insult on his way out the door, or it might be that he was hoping that might leave more opportunity for him to come back. I don't know. But I think it's important because that position has obviously been fraught with uh, horrible circumstances for anyone who taught it. So that brings us to Snape. Dumbledore knows that position is cursed. And Snape is now the teacher. Do you think that is why he never allowed Snape to be that teacher? I don't know. What would be his reasons for not letting Snape have that if he knows the position's cursed? What does that say about Dumbledore and what he wants?
1: Wouldn't it be good that it's only one year?
0: Why? Tell me what you're thinking.
1: I was thinking that since it was only one year, uh, usually, now this is just for the teachers that had just started at Hogwarts, but usually, it's like in all the past books, Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers left the school.
0: They had to because of the curse. We know that now. We didn't know that before.
1: So Dumbledore, I guess, knows that now, and he doesn't want Snape to leave.
0: That is what I'm getting at. If Dumbledore is the only one that knows that, and Snape is constantly begging for this job, then Dumbledore knows, well, if I give it to you, that'll be your last year, probably. Which means, for one reason or another, Dumbledore wants Snape around. But as of this point in the book, we do not yet know Snape's true allegiance. So, something to think about.
1: Because in that first chapter, it was kind of iffy.
0: I mean, you finished the book, and I've obviously finished the book, and we know how it ends. but, But at this point in the book, you don't know whose side Snape is truly on. So... It's safe to say that Dumbledore is trying his best to keep him around, even if that means he's dissatisfied with his job or or the position that he has. So, anywho, now let's start this book. Chapter 21, The Unknowable Room. I think we know another name for an unknowable room, right?
1: It's called...
0: The Room of... The
1: Room of Requirements. There you go. By the way, what is this chapter called again?
0: The Unknowable Room. Oh. Harry finds a new spell written in his advanced potion making, something that was handwritten by the prince. It's called Sectum Simpra. Uh, And what does it say under Sectum Simpra?
1: Use only for enemies.
0: It says for enemies. It doesn't say what it is, but you got to assume if it's for your enemies, then it's bad, right? Or Mm -hmm. at least damaging. Creature and Dobby show up in the common room as we know what can house elves do in Hogwarts that no one else can do?
1: Um, apparate and inapparate as well as phoenixes.
0: Yeah, but let's just focus on the house elves now. How, so Creature and Dobby can apparate in and out of Hogwarts, as can all the house elves. And it says something about how the wizarding community views them, that they don't even bother putting a ban on their ability to go in and out of Hogwarts when they do for all humans, right?
1: Yeah
0: so that's something they think is dangerous and should be banned and leaves the students up to uh potential threat yet they don't even bother with keeping the house elves from doing that which means they're not they're, they're still not even viewing house elves as people uh it's like oh why would i care if my pet could you know get in and out of the pet door as long as people can't get in the the people door right yeah So, anywho, uh, they show up in the common room where they have been, what was their mission?
1: It was to spy on Draco.
0: They come back to Harry and say he hasn't been doing anything obviously evil, but he's always visiting the seventh floor with a variety of other students who uh, keep a lookout for him. I'm guessing Crabbe and Goyle and some other nefarious nitwits. And what do the friends realize he's doing on that seventh floor?
1: On the seventh floor is the Room of Requirement.
0: And that explains what about why Harry couldn't see him on the Marauders map?
1: Because since the Room of Requirement is not visible to anyone except for the people that are going in it, it I guess it doesn't show on the map either.
0: Yeah, since the room is unknowable, unplottable, unmappable that when when he t- appears to disappear from the marauder's map that just means he's in the room. Harry's been noticing that a lot, so obviously he's in there a lot, right? Whatever his mission is 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 taking him to the room of requirement often. Uh Harry thinks that it's Crabbe and Goyle who have been uh on the watch. And they were using stolen polyjuice potion. So I wonder who they were. I mean, he says it's various other students, so I guess they're just trying to look like other kids to not be suspicious, maybe? Yeah. What do you think?
1: Most likely, Maybe
0: other Slytherins? Yeah. Hermione thinks Harry is focused too much on Draco. Do you remember what she thinks he should be focused on instead? He has a mission that he's kind of ignoring right now. Something he's supposed to get for Dumbledore?
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's the thing, uh, the memory that he's supposed to get from Slughorn.
0: Yeah, Slughorn's memory is really of the most importance right now, but he's not... He's focusing more on his obsession with Draco's activity. I guess we'll find out eventually if he's right or if, you know, the other mission should have taken precedence. There is news in the Daily Prophet that Dungus Fletcher was arrested and sent to Azkaban. Uh, obviously, was was Dung on our side, or was he a little bit, you know?
1: He was iffy because he was stealing stuff, but he was also part of the
0: Order. Yeah, he, I think they kept him around maybe because they needed somebody kind of criminally maybe to do some shady things but he he was certainly not trustworthy i think it's safe to say uh we know that he stole from the black house we know that he's he apparates out when there's a fight you know he's not uh he's not to be trusted uh plus he seems like he lies constantly so so whatever whatever's going on now he is in azkaban harry Wants to get in the room of requirement to catch Draco in the act. What does he do to try and make that happen?
1: I believe on the map he usually sees what time that Draco is not on the map.
0: Right? And he, he knows where the opening would be.
1: So a few minutes before Draco goes, he sneaks up around the corner, tries to catch Draco doing it.
0: And he goes to the door and he just he tries to will himself in, right? He's like, I need to be in there, I need to see Draco, I need to get in there.
1: He's like he like tried to say fifty different sentences like, I need to be where Draco is, show me the room where Draco Malfoy is, put me in the room where Draco is. What happens? Nothing.
0: Yeah. Um I think it's safe to say that Draco had dibs on the room of requirement because It provides the user with what they need most. What do you think Draco needs most?
1: A hiding place.
0: Secrecy, right. He needs a place to do whatever it is he's doing without being interrupted, without being discovered, especially by Harry Potter. So once he's in there, once the room has agreed to be this for him, is there any way Harry Potter is going to get in there? No. I would say it's probably the one room in Hogwarts he is least likely to enter Once Draco is doing his business in there. Uh, In the boys bathroom. Moaning Myrtle is uh, moaning around.
1: Apparently she's in the boys.
0: And she was. I think I don't know who goes in. Maybe it's Harry or Ron or both. But she's she's like, oh, I thought it was going to be that sensitive boy. Like who who's been going into the bathroom and being all, you know, crying and weepy with with Myrtle. We don't know yet. I think Harry's got to guess who it might be slughorn how, how What is his attitude to Harry right now? He knows Harry wants something from him
1: He knows that Dumbledore put him up to getting the memory so so how's
0: he treating Harry at this point
1: uh every day after classes he tries to avoid Harry and every um and all the time after that he tries to avoid him.
0: Yeah, he's, he's making himself scarce. So, uh, uh, hello, Potter. Uh, uh, best be on my way then. And he's, he's, he's off. So
1: Sometimes he doesn't even say anything. Like, after class, Harry packs up his stuff. Uh, and Slowcorn's like, shove, 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 shove. Okay, I'm done.
0: Yeah, he, he's just trying whatever he can to get away from him. Chapter 22, After the Burial. Harry gets a parchment, a letter from Hagrid, asking him, Ron, and Hermione to come to an event. What does Hagrid want them to attend?
1: Aragog died, so he wants them to attend his funeral.
0: Yeah, and Aragog, as we know, is a giant car-sized spider who would uh, was at, was Hagrid's pet, was believed to be the creature that was released from the Chamber of Secrets, though he was not has been living in the Forbidden Forest, he has hundreds if not thousands of children, and he would just as soon eat Harry as look at him. Uh, Do you think Harry is sad about Aragog's passing?
1: He's sad that Hagrid's sad, but he's not that Aragog is... He's not sad that Aragog's dead.
0: Exactly. And that's a complicated emotion. Uh, That's one of those inside-out emotions that would be two colors as opposed to just one. He is... He feels for his friend. And when someone you care about is very upset, a good person has empathy and feels that. It, it makes you feel the way they do, even if the reason is not something you share, right? Yeah. So anyway, they don't want to go. They want to help Hagrid, but they don't want to honor Aragog. Harry, Harry has an idea about this event, though, and what does he do?
1: He is it now that he takes the potion? Yeah, he
0: thinks this is an opportunity. What's he going to try and do?
1: He takes the Felix Felicis, and he uh, and once he does, he's like, "Okay, I'm going to go find Slughorn."
0: Yeah, so he 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 decides he hasn't done it yet, but he decides this will be a good time to get Slughorn uh, in a. I don't know, not really alone, but maybe in a position where he has to talk to me or something like that.
1: In the movie, uh, there's a funny quote. Harry says, I know what I'm doing, Hermione. Or rather, Felix does.
0: Yeah, exactly. And let's see, we're in Slughorn's class. Oh yeah, Harry notices something about Draco's appearance in Potion's class. What does he think about how Draco looks?
1: I'm not sure.
0: He thinks Draco looks thinner. He thinks he looks sickly. Mm. As if whatever he's doing is taking a toll on him. Uh, Or he's perhaps so nervous or worried about his task that he's not eating, right? Yeah. Uh, It's safe to say that maybe whatever the plan is, do you think it's going well or not going well?
1: If he's not eating, um, it seems, and he's looking sick and weak, then most likely no.
0: Yeah, it seems like he's he's not having much success. That evening, Harry takes the Felix Felicis, grabs his invis- invisibility cloak. Do you remember what it says about his uh, how he feels once he takes the Felix Felicis?
1: He feels amazing.
0: Yeah, it says something like he feels a, a rush of unending possibility or something like that. Um, that he, (coughs) let's see if I can find the quote here. Harry raised the little bottle and took a carefully measured gulp, then slowly, but surely an exhilarating sense of infinite opportunity stole through him. And, uh, he knew at that point, you know, whatever I do is going to work, right? It's not the, the way Felix Felicis works. it, not only gives you ultimate confidence, but it makes everyone else not suspicious of you. And so I think that's really all it does.
1: And and if you have to run into other people, which most likely you will, uh, then they will do the things that will make you most lucky
0: perhaps the the, the, perhaps part of it is to make people more susceptible to your wishes. Like if you, if you need someone to help you with something, instead of thinking about it, they'll just say yes. You know, who knows exactly how it works, but it seems like those are the effects. And
1: sometimes the people just do it maybe on accident, but it still happens.
0: Harry says that he's just following his instinct as if the path is lighting up before him. He he doesn't know exactly what he's doing, but he knows he's doing the right thing. He heads out and finds Slughorn. Where is Professor Slughorn and who is he talking to?
1: He's talking to Professor Sprout.
0: And what is he trying to acquire?
1: I'm not sure.
0: They're they're harvesting some sort of leaf that is rare and he says like uh, it only you know it's only good to harvest them at twilight and so this is the time to do it. Hmm. But it's it's interesting, in the movie, they have him stealing this stuff yeah. from Sprout, as if he's an opportunist and and sort of a dishonest. In the book, he's working with Sprout, and she's freely allowing him to harvest the leaves. Yeah,
1: so he's a good guy and all, but in the movie, he's kind of a... Dishonest. Person. I think
0: it's not that he's dishonest. He, I think they wanted to show you that he is a Slytherin, but he's he maybe, is? yeah, he's he was a Slytherin. And he, I thought
1: I, that he only was the head of Slytherin.
0: You have to be a Slytherin to huh. be a head of Slytherin. I didn't know that. Um, so I think they want to show you that he's got some of those tendencies, even though he might be the best of what's available in Slytherin House,
1: but he's not like the I know. I own all power Slytherin. He's not that kind of guy. Yeah, I think
0: most of them aren't. It's just that's what happens if you follow that path to its end result. Uh, Harry takes off his invisibility cloak once Sprout is gone. Tells him, tells Slughorn about Hagrid and Aragog. Slughorn is very interested to see a dead Acromantula. Do you remember why?
1: Because he, I believe he needs something for a potion. Uh, It's like, the venom of an acromantula fang.
0: He mentions that it's very rare and very valuable. Probably pretty hard to get, right? Yeah. Uh, can't imagine too many people are walking right up to an acromantula and draining their teeth into a <laughs> cup. Seems like that'd be a pretty good way to get your head bitten off. So uh in also again in the movie, Hagrid uh uh Slughorn is trying to convince Harry not to go. In the book, he's like, uh yeah, I'll get some I'll get some uh Bottles of wine and mead and whatever, and I'll meet you at Hagrid's. Sounds like a great idea, you know? Uh, So they, they, they definitely change his characterization in the movie and alter a lot of these scenes. They head over to the funeral, and Ron and Hermione could not come, but he's very thankful that Slughorn could come. I think he respects any of the professors, right? Yeah. And he, in his Hagrid heart, Thinks, oh, this person loved Aragog so just much. As I did. Yeah, that he's here to respect Aragog. He's really just there to drain his teeth. <laughs> it's like uh, going to a funeral and stealing somebody's fingernails. You know, it's not <laughs> not the most respectful thing to do. When they get there, or
1: taking a chunk of their hair or something.
0: When they get there, in what sort of state is Aragog?
1: He's literally lying on his black back with his legs curled up.
0: Yeah, he looks like a dead baby's tiny spider, but he's you know twelve feet tall. <laughs> but he's all he's all.
1: It looks gross. Like, it looks like he had an enlargimo spell yeah, put on him,
0: certainly. And they dig a grave for him and bury him. Uh, Slug Slughorn says, "You know, should, should I say a few words?" And uh, Hagrid's like, <laughs> that would be lovely. Sure. You know? So I don't remember the the speech from the book, but the speech from the movie is one of my favorite things in the whole movie series. Why? I just love the way he says it. He says, Farewell, Aragog, king of the Arachnids. I don't know. I just love it. I think it's hilarious. Um, And then he gives sort of a generic funeral speech. We sort of cut to uh, Slughorn and Hagrid uh, crying and getting drunk in Hagrid's cabin, remembering Aragog. Right?
1: Yeah, and also Slughorn does the, get the venom. I can't remember if it's the book or the movie where where he where Hagrid's like "boo hoo hoo" and his and his hands are over his eyes or something, and that's when. Slughorn decides to sneak in and...
0: must be the book, because in the movie he asks. In the movie he's like, don't mind if I take a few vials, the venom's very rare. he's like, oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, I, I do like the song that Slughorn and Hagrid sing. They have sort of a drinking song about dead friends that they're singing about a giant spider.
1: I've, I've only heard like two lines of that. Yeah, the
0: end of it's like, they laid him to rest with his hat inside out. And his wand snapped in two, which was sad. (laughs) His
1: hat inside out and his wand snapped in two.
0: Yeah. I think that's to say that he maybe had a not great funeral is what they're talking about. (laughs) Obviously, they're not talking about uh, a spider. They're talking about, you know, whoever the song is about. But still. Anywho. So here you got uh, Hagrid, passed out, drunk and sad. You got Slughorn. Slughorn. Uh, certainly tipsy, um, and possibly more susceptible to suggestion. And Harry decides this is going to be my opportunity, right? What, what does Harry decide to do at this point?
1: He decides to talk to Slughorn and and tell him what will happen if he doesn't give that memory to him.
0: Yeah, they start talking about Lily. Potter, or Lily Evans, who was a favorite student of Slughorn's. I do not remember if the fish thing only happens in the movie where he says that Lily gave him a magical fish. What? That's in the movie. We, we just watched that not too long I ago. I don't
1: remember that at all.
0: He said a student gave him a magical, or gave him a fish bowl. It had a Lily petal in it, turned into a fish, and then the fish disappeared the day she died. What? He says, Is this the most remarkable bit of magic. I remember none of that. Well, that happened. I don't remember if it's in the book, though. I just know it's in the movie. Anyway, but Lily was a favorite student of his. What does Harry say about her death if Slughorn does not help him defeat Voldemort?
1: I don't know.
0: He says her death will be for nothing. If you don't let me... She
1: would have saved me for nothing. Yeah, if
0: you don't let me stand up to Voldemort, if you don't help me end his reign of terror, then she died for nothing, and you dishonor her memory. He doesn't like that. So finally, he takes his wand to his brain, pulls out a memory, and he, he keeps vials in his pocket because he's always trying to collect things. Yeah. So like he's got the vials that he kept the acromantula venom in. Him. He takes out an empty vial, puts his memory in the vial, and gives it to Harry. He says, don't think too badly of me. Because he knows that the memory reveals something Negative about himself that he probably doesn't want the world to know, right? And
1: Harry, and Harry is most likely, like, I, I wish to say this. You're good, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you know, it, it, all is forgiven as long as you help me from this point out. Uh, what will what we'll learn about that memory? I think is that whether Slughorn had did what he done what he did or not. Voldemort would have risen to power regardless. He was just a pawn in Voldemort's plan. Uh, so he's not as culpable to all of Voldemort's crimes as he thinks he is. Chapter 23, Horcruxes. Uh, this is an interesting thing. Uh, I, I read a interview with J.K. Rowling where she said she was scribbling on the back of a, a takeout menu at a restaurant when she was trying to think of the word what would a, What is the thing that a wizard would store a piece of his soul in? And she just started writing pieces of words and nonsense and blah, blah, blahs and dads and bing bongs and whatever. <laughs> and then she finally wrote Horcrux and thought, that's it. That's exactly what it is. Then she thought, oh, no, what if someone's come up with that word before? So she Googled it. And do you know how many results there were?
1: Huh.
0: Zero. That's uncommon. There are hardly any words or phrases that you could search on Google that would have zero results. So at that time...
1: Was Quidditch?
0: uh, Well, by that time it was because she... This was before book six. Yeah. So, yeah, there was tons of information about Quidditch by then. But what she knew by doing that is that most likely she'd invented a new word. After this book came out, she said she searched it again, and there were four hundred and forty-one thousand injuries for Horcrux because people were talking about it. So, so anyway, chapter twenty-three Horcruxes. When they get back to the castle, nearly headless Nick uh, lets Harry know that Dumbledore has returned. He'd been missing again, and you know, off on his secret missions or whatever. Harry, what do you think he's going to do now that he's got this memory?
1: He's going to give it to Dumbledore straight away. Yeah,
0: immediately. This is the most important thing. He runs to see Dumbledore. Dumbledore gets the pensieve. They toss the memory in it, cram their faces in the bowl. <laughs> They're excited to find out what's going on. What do they see unfold in this memory? We've already seen part of it. We've seen the altered one.
1: Yeah, so the boys are all sitting at their table. Then all of them leave.
0: Well, this is, again, this is the slug club. Slughorn is hosting a party with students.
1: Yeah. After they're done, they all leave. Uh, Tom stays a little after and Slughorn's like, you're gonna get in trouble, my boy. Uh, Better hurry up now. And he's like, "Uh, I have a question, professor. I came across a phrase while reading and couldn't comprehend what it might mean if... If I read it correctly, it's called a horcrux.
0: Now, at this point in the altered memory, Slughorn says, Why are you asking such things, Tom? Get out. Get out. That is not what happened. What actually happened?
1: He's like, well, my dear boy, if, if it's, it's just for learning.
0: Yeah, all oh, academic, all oh, academic. What? That means just for learning.
1: No. So he tells them that a horcrux is is an object, any object that you place part of your soul in. So you're literally ripping your soul apart Mm -hmm. and putting it in an object.
0: And what does that do for you once you have split your soul and hidden a piece of it away?
1: If you die, a, a part of you is still alive.
0: Yeah, so it basically means you can't die. Uh, Tom. As,
1: uh, until they destroy that horcrux.
0: Tom says, uh, how does one go about ripping one's soul into, Professor?
1: Uh,
0: what does Slughorn tell him? I'm not sure. What, what rips the soul into? You don't remember? No. Murder so you create a horcrux by committing a murder and then huh. doing whatever the spell is
1: and he, and tom asks send sir seven is the highest magical number he's like my dear boy if you are thinking of s- splitting your soul into seven parts yeah
0: i think that he's also saying that implies two things. That means you're willing to commit seven murders. It also means, one's bad enough. This is now a killing spree. It also means that each piece would be so divided, so small.
1: You could literally hide it anywhere. No,
0: no, no, no. I don't mean small in size. I mean small as a fraction of the whole. And that whatever piece is left in the person wouldn't be much. Right. Yeah. So that might be let's assume Voldemort has done this. That might be why he's so particularly evil.
1: Like if if you split your soul into two parts, you'd only have half a soul. Split it into three parts you would have a third. Uh if you split it in four parts, you would yes. have four fourth. So let's so say forth. he's got
0: one seventh of a soul and is mostly immortal. Uh that that might account for what's what's wrong with him or, you know, what happened to him after there's already a lot wrong with him, but, you know, I, I doubt this helped the the situation. But he says, well, of course, it's all academic, Tom. Horcrux is a banned subject in Hogwarts, and, uh, so uh, keep it all quiet. Of course, Professor. All academic. You know, so he's... Here is where, years down the road, uh, Slughorn sees what becomes of Tom Riddle. And realizes what? What do you think he thinks after he sees his former student rise to power as the most evil wizard of all time? Do you think he feels like part of it was his fault?
1: I honestly don't know.
0: Why do you think he was trying so hard to conceal this memory?
1: Because maybe he thought that people would think bad of him. Why? Why? Because he told a student about a Horcrux.
0: Not just a student. Everyone knows what became of Voldemort. What do you think would happen if people found out that Professor Slughorn taught Voldemort how to be immortal? What do you think they would think?
1: They would most likely think, oh my god, this is like... A Death Eater that's not a Death Eater.
0: They would think very badly of him. Perhaps even imprison him. So this is why he's tried so hard to conceal this memory. So anyway, uh, they pop out of the memory. Dumbledore says, This confirms the theory I've been working on. And he also assumes that, yes, Voldemort created more than one Horcrux. He doesn't know if he did seven, but it's safe to assume he may have. Uh, Then... He reveals what must have been a horcrux. The
1: um the diary.
0: Perhaps the first one that he created when he unleashed the uh the basilisk on whichever first student it killed. Uh,
1: also, if if you split your soul into seven pieces, you still have one of them, so there are only six horcruxes.
0: Right. So, anywho, so he knows that perhaps in destroying the diary, what have they done?
1: They had killed one part of Voldemort. They still have five to go.
0: So when Dumbledore realized that the diary was a horcrux, or at least highly suspected it was, then then he also suspects Voldemort must have made more. There's no way that he would... So easily allow himself to die by only having one piece, um, or at least another thought. And this might even be what Dumbledore is getting at. Perhaps the diary was his only Horcrux.
1: No, no, no. And there... then
0: he made more after the diary, you know, or maybe he had a few and he made even more.
1: Also, there were at least two Horcruxes because Dumbledore's ring was one.
0: Well, we're getting there. Um, one thing that confuses me about the diary is is what happened to it over the years that it ended up I, I I can firmly believe it ended up in the Malfoy's house. I have a really hard time believing that Malfoy did not take better care of it. He was instructed to give it to Jenny Weasley, which he did. But then afterwards, he does not seem to want it back. Maybe it's because it was destroyed. Maybe he knows that it's of no use anymore. I don't know. But he also may have no idea that it was actually a horcrux. He might have just been following orders at that point. But
1: Wait, what? Oh, you're talking about Senior Malfoy. Yes,
0: I'm talking about Lucius. Uh, Lucius was instructed by, you know, Voldemort's ghost or whatever, or by the diary, perhaps, to give the diary to Ginny Weasley, to get it into Hogwarts, so that someone could open the chamber. But it doesn't seem like anyone was aware that this contained a piece of Voldemort's soul at the time, or they might have taken better care of it.
1: Yeah, Dumbledore didn't even know it.
0: Until it was destroyed. I think he had a pretty good idea after it was destroyed. It's also safe to say that Horcruxes are not a mystery to Dumbledore. I would, I would wager there is no magic he's unaware of. He probably just knows that it's very rare. So, anywho. Uh, Dumbledore considered Rill's Diary uh, to be Horcrux. Um, he said that Voldemort would have preferred Horcruxes instead of using something like the Sorcerer's Stone, since there's a possibility that one day he could run out of the elixir of life that the Sorcerer's Stone makes which would make him dependent on this one item. And also you could still die if your body was destroyed. But now we know Voldemort's body was destroyed, but his other pieces of soul remained, right?
1: Yeah, plus it would be really really hard to find uh uh to find one Voldemort. And six Horcruxes of Voldemort anywhere in the world. Yeah,
0: he could have hidden one in Egypt and one in France and one in America, and you know, so.
1: And one in. Uh, the
0: bottom of the ocean. Here's a weird thing. Let's see. I mean, it would make for a bad story because then you could not defeat him. But let's say you want to hide seven pieces or six pieces of your soul somewhere. Go in the middle of the ocean and drop them all to the bottom. No one's ever going to find them. <laughs> but then this book wouldn't have been very interesting if. The whole rest of the series was Harry, you know, in a diving suit, exploring the bottom of the ocean. It would have been a very different book. Oh, look, so,
1: there's an angelfish.
0: Yeah, he, he would have had far different adventures. <laughs> so Harry destroyed the diary. Dumbledore now mentions the ring. This was, we now know, the, the ring of Marvolo Gaunt, which was passed down and passed down and passed down. And uh, who did he get it from?
1: He got it from Marvello himself. Either that or Morphin. Okay. Or Tom. Something like that.
0: Well, no, Tom had to have had it because he made it into a Horcrux. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember how he acquired the ring. I know that's like a super obvious thing that I'm just spacing on.
1: Like, uh, you mean Dumbledore got it? Yeah, I
0: don't remember how Dumbledore got it. I think... I know he rem- he didn't get it from that uh, that lady... What lady? The lady that, that the the artifacts that uh Voldemort visited. No. Hmm.
1: no, that that's a that's a different I thing. I think that he comes got later. it in his
0: journeys of like trying to find all the memories about Tom Riddle when he learned all the stuff about the Gaunt family and all that. I don't I just don't remember how he got the ring itself. Anyway. Uh this was Gaunt's Ring, which was you know came from Slytherin himself, and there was a terrible curse on the ring. And what happened when Dumbledore tried to uh, destroy the ring upon thinking that it was a, uh, a Horcrux?
1: I think that it, like, exploded his finger, but it didn't literally take it off.
0: It didn't explode. It put a curse into his body. And Snape was able to stop it. But what did Snape do? I don't know. Snape was able to contain the curse in his hand. That's why his hand is so shriveled. I think we are supposed to believe that for all intents and purposes Dumbledore's hand is dead. The rest of his body would also be dead if the curse had completed its, you know, mission.
1: But he can still use that hand.
0: Right, but I think we're we're what we're saying is there's no life in it. Uh. And that is he's not dead because the curse is stuck, you know, at his wrist basically trying to get out. Uh it can't because he had great skill and stopped it. And also Snape realized what was going on. This is probably another thing that confuses Harry. Of, okay, so Snape is saving your life, I guess.
1: So Snape helped you? And...
0: Oh, I, I should have read ahead of my notes. Dumbledore found the ring hidden in the ruins of the Gaunt's house. But it was protected under powerful enchantments. So it was hidden. Uh, He couldn't... He couldn't just take it. He had to do a bunch of, you know, special Dumbledore magic to get it out. So by his estimate, four Horcruxes remain. And that basically sets up their mission, right? Yeah. He thinks, um, what types of objects would Voldemort have used?
1: He probably would have used objects that are... Complete opposites, at, um, it would either be, actually there could be three choices. One, regular everyday objects that no one expects are evil, um, rare objects but not rare enough that anyone would suspect anything, or a mix of both.
0: Well, at this point, Dumbledore says he thinks it would be objects of, of great importance because he loves trophies and trinkets and... Collecting things from victims, as he always has since he was a child, he suspects that the gold locket, which we have discussed before, and then also Helga Hufflepuff's cup, which I think he got the cup from that woman, right?
1: Yes. And then
0: she kind of like disappeared because he probably killed her. Yeah. So perhaps he killed her, turned Helga Hufflepuff's cup into a horcrux. Maybe the locket belonged to his mother or Slytherin. I can't remember.
1: I th- no, the locket belonged to uh, what's her name? It's the girl, uh, the girl who was in love with Tom Senior. His mother. Oh okay, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, ma- Mar Marble Face gone. <laughs> I can't remember. They all had Im- they had weird names. <laughs> Marope. Face. Marope.
1: Merope. Merope, yeah.
0: Merope, yeah. Something like b- that. Horrible name. Um,
1: Keep the M's coming, people.
0: Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, every one of these items has a great significance. Dumbledore thinks another Horcrux might actually be Snake's pet, Snake Nagini. He thinks that it's a bad idea to use a living creature as a Horcrux. But he might have done it because he protects that snake so vehemently. Mm -hmm. He also thinks that he may have reserved creating his final horcrux for killing Harry. What? He says that he reserved his final horcrux for when he killed young baby Harry Potter. So as to destroy the danger that the prophecy had predicted. But that because it backfired... He must not have that horcrux.
1: So he only has five horcruxes.
0: No, it says later he used Nagini to kill an old Muggle man, and so now he's like, well, as a as a sort of second place award, I will. Since I couldn't make a horcrux while killing Harry Potter, I'll just kill this Muggle uh, who was the caretaker at his father's house.
1: Frank Bryce.
0: Yeah, and, and then put that uh, last piece of my soul into Nagini. Which is interesting to me. That means that, that Voldemort has been creating Horcruxes potentially since his youth and all the way up into... Uh, around the time Harry died, and a little afterward,
1: hmm, so then he, that would be like his eighties.
0: Yeah, and he didn't do it all. I, in my mind, it would be like, okay, this is the weekend I create Horcruxes. <laughs> I've always thought of it that way. I've never really thought about him spreading it out over time. I thought he like took a road trip, made six Horcruxes,
1: <laughs> gone back,
0: killed yeah. some Muggles. But it, but it sounds like it took place over you know forty, years. fifty, sixty years, maybe. Uh, also, maybe it takes so much of a toll. Splitting the soul that you have to wait a long time between opportunities, perhaps. Hmm. So, we know we're going after a locket. We're going after a cup. We're probably going after a snake.
1: And I have guesses for Ravenclaw and Gryffindor
0: already. But you don't know them?
1: I don't know them, but I have a guess for at least Gryffindor.
0: All right, what's your guess for Gryffindor?
1: The um the sword that belonged to Gryffindor,
0: the sword of Gryffindor. Okay, and what is your so you're assuming there is a Horcrux for every head of Hogwarts? Yes. Okay, what would your guess be for Ravenclaw?
1: It's a thing we haven't learned about. It was that thing I saw at Wizarding World. Oh <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, you we saw the lost diadem of Rowena Ravenclaw. It's a tiara. A jeweled tiara. Knew it. At... No, I'm telling you what you saw. Yeah. We saw this at uh, Wizarding World, which we're not going to get into uh, until we record that episode. But we did visit... Between this recording and the last, we have gone to Wizarding World. We'll do a whole episode about that. But you saw that and thought, oh, if that belonged to Ravenclaw, perhaps that is a Horcrux, right?
1: Yeah. And I didn't actually read... That it belonged to Ravenclaw, but since it was the blue color of Ravenclaw, I assumed it belonged to Ravenclaw. Okay,
0: sure. Well, it said it on the box anyway. Okay. So, perhaps he has something... Now, that would be six, seven... Wait. Book? Destroyed. Ring? Destroyed. Yeah, and you know what? I don't think we know how he destroyed it. We know that it cursed him, but maybe... It was in the destruction hmm. that he, uh, that the curse was released. Maybe. So there should be four left. And we know that the snake is probably one, the locket is probably one, the cup is probably one. That only leaves one more.
1: Which is, which, huh. I guess that means there's one, um, it's either Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, or just something else.
0: Yeah, so that means if he was trying to collect all the houses. Heads, uh, as Horcruxes.
1: Although, why would Dumbledore? I mean, Voldemort make a Horcrux apprentice tiara?
0: I don't think he would care what the object was as hmm. long as it was important to someone who was important. I guess he cares more about status than anything. I'm sure he doesn't respect the other House heads as much as he did Slytherin, but he does know they're the four most important wizards in the last thousand years, so. Anyway, um, Dumbledore thinks he might be close to finding another one. And he wants to go find it, but he wants Harry to come with him.
1: And he thinks he's asking too much.
0: Yeah, uh, he, you know, he's been on life and death missions before, but I think you really understand that this is very much a life and death mission. He's also seeing now that destroying Horcruxes potentially kills you. Maybe he won't be so quick uh, to stop the next curse from killing him if they destroy a Horcrux. So Harry asks Dumbledore, "Do you think Voldemort knows when a Horcrux is destroyed?" Dumbledore says he doubts it. What do you think?
1: I th- I don't think he knows it until he goes to check up on it. If he does that.
0: Yeah, and they also mention, I'm not even sure if it's here, but they mention that Voldemort knows that the diary was destroyed, that someone let it slip, and that his rage was incredible. Who do you think could know that the diary was destroyed who also can talk directly to Voldemort? Malfoy. Possibly. Uh, another option would be someone who we know is at least currently a double agent. Snape. Also possible. I do not believe that is ever revealed. But you gotta figure it's gotta be one of those two guys, right? Yeah. Seems more like a Lucius Malfoy thing because it's the kind of thing where he would be dumb, let it slip, and then be, you know, hung upside down by his toenails from the (laughs) ceiling by Voldemort or something. (laughs)
1: Like, ah!
0: Yeah, so... It seems like something he would do. Um, Dumbledore also takes this time to explain something to Harry that you and I have talked about before. That by choosing Harry and by trying to kill him, Voldemort is the one that fulfilled the prophecy. Voldemort created his own enemy. Right?
1: Yeah, we said this in Book 5. If he had just done nothing about it. He will be ruling the world in, at this minute. Yeah. Eventually, the book would be called Harry Potter Dies. Yeah. He... Or Harry Potter and the Horrible Death.
0: Yeah, and, and he says, Harry, you have to kill Voldemort, not because the prophecy says so, but because Voldemort marked you as his equal... And he has the choice, but it's but his, his hand is slightly being forced. And they mention something about Harry realizing there is a difference in being drug into a battle arena and forced to fight to the death or being given the choice to stand up for what he believes in but still fight to the death. And he, he realizes he is making the choice. He's not being forced into doing it by a prophecy. But what Dumbledore is trying to say is that you both could have walked away. You still could walk away. If Voldemort and Harry agreed, all right, truce, neither of us will kill the other one.
1: And you get to rule.
0: (laughs) No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not going that far. But I'm saying if they agreed not to fight each other to the death, the prophecy would mean nothing. Nothing's going to force them to try and kill each other. They still have to make the choices. The prophecy is... Almost nonsense. They're, they're making it happen just by agreeing to do what it says. Hmm. If I said I have a prophecy, you'll have toast for breakfast. You don't have to have toast for breakfast.
1: Uh, instead, I decide I'm going to have some fruity pebbles. But
0: if you did have toast, then I would be like, see, the prophecy came true. So, you know, it, it, it's, the, it's the struggle of fate versus choice that is sort of at the core of this entire book situation. Um, chapter 24. Sectum... Sep, okay, sectum one more time. Sempra. One more time. Chapter 24.
1: Sectum Sempra.
0: Sectum Sempra. Uh, Harry tells Ron and Hermione about the Slughorn memory. What is the new romantic status of both Ron and Ginny Weasley?
1: Is it now that Ginny is dating Dean?
0: No, Ginny breaks up with Dean.
1: Oh. Um. And
0: what does Ron do with Lavender Brown? He I officially f- breaks up with her, too.
1: Oh. Yeah, I completely forgot that.
0: Everyone knows that the people they were with are not the people they wanted to be with. Harry has conflicting feelings about having a crush on Ginny. Do you remember why?
1: I bet he's most likely confused that um, that everyone knows uh, that he likes Ginny's, like, Okay, I didn't know that till a month ago, so that's kind of weird.
0: No, it's not. It's not that he's he's confused about it, her being Ron's sister and thinking there will be weirdness
1: oh.
0: between all of them. He doesn't want to lose his best friend.
1: Like what? He
0: certainly likes this girl, but he doesn't want to lose his best friend in the world. I think that that kind of relationship might be prioritized for Harry above a girl that he likes.
1: Yeah, he might. He's gonna think that at first. He if they do get married, then. That would be kind of weird at first, but he'd get over it.
0: Uh, Katie returns from the hospital wing. She's been out for months and months and months because of that cursed necklace. Harry takes the opportunity to sort of interrogate her.
1: And she's like, I know what you're going to say, Harry. I don't know who did it.
0: Yeah, so she's no help, and there's another dead end. Uh, There's a big Quidditch match coming up between Gryffindor and Ravenclaw. Uh, Harry... In the days leading up to it, keeps going to the room of requirement and trying to find Draco, but he's not having any luck. He sees Draco in the bathroom with Moaning Myrtle. What happens here?
1: Uh, he kind of sneaks up on them.
0: What, what state is Malfoy in when he finds him in the bathroom?
1: He's crying into the sink.
0: Yeah, he's crying and he's shaking and he's saying, I can't do it. I can't. It won't work and it doesn't. Oh, if I don't do it, he'll kill me. He'll kill me.
1: And he's really sweaty and his hair is all messed up.
0: Yeah, and you think uh, Harry hearing, if I don't do it, he'll kill me. Do you think he needs any more evidence to know that Draco is on a mission for the Dark Lord?
1: Yeah, that kind of defies by he and kill that's all he needed to know.
0: Yeah, so he's he's pretty sure that he's he's definitely right, all of his suspicions are true. Draco sees Harry in the mirror and what happens? Like they draw their wands and what happens?
1: They start fighting.
0: They start all kinds of spells at each other. What does Malfoy try and do to Harry?
1: Is it the torture curse? Yeah, it's
0: Crucio. He tries to cast an unfor- unforgivable curse. Harry Misses it and counters with what?
1: Sectum Sempra.
0: Sectum Sempra, which is just all he knows.
1: Is it's four enemies? The
0: prince wrote it down, and it's four enemies.
1: He doesn't know what it does.
0: What does it do?
1: He, it knocks him Malfoy back really far, and there's water on the floor, so it like it strikes Malfoy, and a lot of places in his chest, and blood is just mixing with the water. It
0: looks like he's been cut by a sword like seven times, really deep. He's sliced open in the face, the chest, the arms. He's bleeding to death.
1: Yeah, I honestly, I really don't want to think about
0: that. Who who runs in at this point? Snape. And what does Snape do about this situation?
1: He doesn't even he doesn't even bother to punish Harry first. He starts
0: Well, of course not. There's a child yeah, dying.
1: Yeah, he's st- he starts um he starts mending Malfoy. Um and he mutters the curse over all his wounds. Um he mutters a curse over all of his wounds like 14 times, 14 or 15. And Harry just kind of sneakily slips out.
0: No, Harry doesn't go anywhere. He's still there. He's uh, he's standing sort of uh mouth agape at what he's done, do you think he wanted to slice Draco to pieces to actually kill him?
1: uh, Oh, I'm thinking of the movie.
0: He probably should have thought, he probably hoped that four enemies meant this is some sort of advanced uh, stunning spell or something, right?
1: Like a levitation spell spell for a person and then like an Expelliarmus or something, that would have been much better.
0: If Harry had known his Latin he would know what sectum simpra means. Do you know what it means? No. It means uh, always cutting. Huh. So, pretty obvious what was going to happen if he really just paid attention. Uh, Harry is horrified, really, at what he's done. It was, even though Draco was ready to use an unforgivable curse on him, Harry was not ready to kill Draco.
1: Like, that, just because Draco toss, tossed, uh, Um, an unforgivable curse at him that doesn't mean he has the right to kill him
0: well it's not even about right it's that he would not do it I mean after he saw Bellatrix Lestrange murder his godfather he still didn't have it in him to kill her he tried but it didn't work like uh, because he didn't mean it
1: like there was this dark um, there was this dark voice inside him at that moment and he and he was and the dark side of him was like you know
0: yeah, that was Voldemort trying to uh, creep into his mind. But, so, Snape manages to stop the bleeding. He takes Malfoy to the hospital wing and tells Harry to wait for him. When he gets back, he says, Where did you learn that spell, Potter?
1: And apparently he knows, because I'm guessing he did a, a silent legilimens.
0: Well, he says it was in a library book, but then Snape does do... Snape. Snape does do legitimacy and sees the advanced potion-making book. He says, go fetch all your school bag and all your books, Potter.
1: Give me your book.
0: Yeah. So Harry instead asks Ron for his copy of Advanced Potion-making.
1: And he's gonna go to the room of requirement and hide his book under, like, a cage.
0: Yeah, he he doesn't want to give up that.
1: But But he should know by now that that Snape is going to find out that's not his anyway,
0: so when Harry heads into the room of requirement, he sees it in a different way than he's ever seen it before. He has seen it as a uh Dumbledore's Army practice room because that's what he needed at the time, but now it's just the room where people have hidden things What, what does it look like? What does he see in there
1: He sees. A giant cabinet. He sees a bunch of things covered up by blankets. He sees a cage with a bird inside it.
0: He sees a thousand years worth of hidden stuff. There's books and brooms and furniture and trinkets and baubles and just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of items in what seems to be an endless room. And... Over a thousand years, you know, things could be hidden by students, by professors, by house elves that work there. Who knows? Who's snuck away all this stuff? Uh, but it's it's massive. It's like football field-sized, full of hidden items. So he wants to hide the book there. Um, He goes back to Snape and hands over his books. Snape knows this is not his copy.
1: I think... He finds that out by either legitimacy first, or he looks inside the book and he's like, "What? then why does your copy say Ronald Weasley?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, So his plan doesn't work out that well. He gives Harry detention for the rest of the term, which is not that bad for nearly murdering a fellow student. Uh everyone in the school knows what Harry has done. I think they're all kind of whispering about him and thinking, like, oh crap, like Harry's a murderer. Uh he tried to kill Draco Malfoy, and all the other students they know Malfoy is a brat. They don't know he's in league with the forces of darkness. So Harry probably looks like a crazy monster right now. <laughs> uh Harry is also basically off Quidditch because of detention. And after all of this, Harry still thinks the half-blood prince is, is a good guy. Uh, he didn't tell him to use the spell. He just wrote it down.
1: He's like, okay, uh, I guess this is a spell that I learned today.
0: Yeah, and he also thinks, I've, gotta, I've got to I've gotta respect the prince because without him, I wouldn't have gotten the Felix Felicis and I wouldn't have saved Ron from dying from poison. So those are both good things. Uh in detention, Harry makes Harry, uh, Snape makes Harry just sort files for filch and do all kinds of busy work, stuff that doesn't matter. Uh he he, he says something about starting with boxes one thousand and twelve through one thousand and fifty six. So there's a lot of there's a lot to be done, right? Yeah. Uh these are full of cards with James Potter and Sirius Black on them, all showing their detentions, which I think he thinks is maybe kind of cool. <laughs> that he he happens upon stuff about his dad and, and about Sirius while he's doing this busy work. When he gets back to the common room, what does he find out about the Quidditch match? What was the outcome of the big Quidditch match that he missed uh, while doing detention? Hmm. Who won?
1: Who were they playing against?
0: It was Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw.
1: I think it was Ravenclaw.
0: Nope, it was Gryffindor oh. because the Gryffindors are very happy. It was Ginny, who basically led the team to victory, and what happens between Harry and Ginny at this point?
1: They uh, they start kissing.
0: Yeah, they run up to each other and start kissing without even thinking about it. They both know that they have romantic feelings for the other, and now that everyone's so happy... Uh, they
1: feel like this is the time.
0: Here's the time, and they don't care who's watching it. The book mentions it could have been moments, it could have been 30 minutes, and it could have been several days. They don't know. Interestingly, this mirrors the time that, that Lavender Brown and Ron kissed.
1: Yeah, except they both—except uh, one, they both wanted to do it, and two, they were both thinking about it.
0: Uh, I don't know if they were thinking so much as just acting on instinct. But at this point, Harry's obviously not concerned about how Ron feels. But how does Ron seem to react? Does he seem upset?
1: He doesn't seem upset. He just seems really weirded out.
0: Actually, no, he's okay with it. Oh. He's, uh, the thing that Harry has been worried about that Ron would disapprove, disapprove of their relationship. Turns out to not be a big deal. Ron is maybe grown up a little bit in the last year or two and is not so weirded out by his best friend and his sister possibly being in a relationship. Chapter 25, the seer overheard. Hermione thinks that the Half-Blood Prince may refer to a last name and not the word prince, like I'm the prince, I'm the king, I'm the queen kind of thing.
1: I'm awesome.
0: Because there is an old picture of a former student, captain of the Hogwarts uh, Gobstones team, whatever Gobstones is, and her name is Eileen Prince.
1: I remember there's this... Uh, there There's one department in the ministry that's called the official Gobstones Club.
0: Yeah so it must be another game like Quidditch but she mentions that her father was a wizard whose last name was Prince and her mother was a muggle so she was a half-blood wizard whose last name was Prince so maybe this refers to Eileen. I think Harry's always assumed it was a man because it says Prince on it.
1: He's ha- like, Prince Hermione, Prince. Okay.
0: Harry gets a scroll from Dumbledore that says, I need to see you right away. On his way there, he hears a horrible scream. Do you remember who it is? He finds Professor Trelawney, who is trying to get into the room of requirement. Oh. And she says she was about to get in, and then she heard. Do you remember what she heard? No. She heard whooping and cheering and gleeful, happy screaming. And then everything went pitch black and she was tossed out of the room. And she thinks they should go tell that to Dumbledore. What might that mean if whoever was in the room of requirement was happy and whooping and cheering?
1: That means that they don't say what the voices sound like if it's if it's boys or girls but it most likely means that since Draco's been going there in and out, that probably means that he and his cronies went in there and they di- and they finally got something to do.
0: They got something to work. Yeah. yeah they, it seems that if Draco was the one in there, that he's accomplished part of his goal, perhaps. On the way to, to go to Dumbledore's office, Trelawney is talking about how much Dumbledore trusts her. She mentions the Night of the Prophecy, between about Harry and Voldemort and that during the prophecy halfway through it, they were interrupted by Snape. This is something we've never known before. There had been a uh, commotion outside the door and Snape made up some excuse like he had gone the wrong way up the stairs, but Trelawney thinks that he was listening in because he was also trying to get the defense against the dark arts job at the time so he may have been spying on people,
1: right? It said halfway through. That's another good clue. They said um, it's. It said that th- that uh, the Death Eater only heard two sentences.
0: And by which you mean the Death Eater that told this yes. prophecy to Voldemort, which is why Voldemort does not know to this day does not know the whole prophecy. He doesn't know the part about.
1: The one one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord, has the power he knows not or something.
0: He doesn't know the part that basically says, uh, you're going to mark him as your equal.
1: And you didn't have to do any of this. Yeah.
0: So all he knows is that a baby is going to be born that can destroy me. (laughs) He doesn't know the part that says, maybe don't worry about it and go about your business.
1: Like, he couldn't destroy him if he didn't try and kill him because then it gave him his scar and all that.
0: At this time... Snape was a Death Eater, but a Death Eater did not mean right away a guy who runs around murdering people. It just meant someone who was cool with Voldemort. It's a bad name, but it it didn't mean Murder Squad yet. (laughs) It, It does eventually. So I think you might be able to, I think at the time we were saying, yeah, you know Voldemort, that awesome wizard? I'm a Death Eater. I'm one of his guys. And I don't think that was like a, a taboo subject. So a taboo, uh, something you don't talk about or can't do, hmm. off limits. So we know that a Death Eater told the prophecy what he knew of the prophecy, at least to Voldemort. Now we find out it was probably Snape again, casting a uh, doubt. On Snape's true allegiance.
1: Like five to ten signs are saying, yeah, I'm Snape, I'm the evil dude.
0: You also could now maybe put some of the blame on Harry's parents' death on Snape for even having relayed that information to Voldemort. It's, uh, it's possible he would have never known to attack any child if he'd never heard of this prophecy. Harry realizes it must have been Snape, and further sort of deepens his uh, distrust and hatred of Snape, I believe. Harry runs to Dumbledore's office, and Dumbledore tells Harry that we are leaving immediately to go after a Horcrux. Dumbledore thinks it's in the cave where Tom Riddle, as a young child, had terrorized orphan children from the orphanage.
1: Yeah, I think they were like going on a field trip or something, and uh, he, he led two kids into the cave.
0: Dumbledore notices that Harry looks worried. Harry tells him what Trelawney said. Dumbledore gets a little um, sort of pasty in the face. Like, oh, you weren't supposed to know that, maybe. <laughs> he says, Snape made a terrible mistake. He did tell Voldemort the first half of the prophecy. But he didn't know which boy Voldemort would hunt from that point or that the boy's parents would be killed. So he's like, yeah, yeah, you can blame him for starting the ball rolling, but he didn't do it to kill your parents. He didn't, that was not his intention. And I don't think that matters because Snape is responsible for the repercussions of his actions.
1: Yeah, his intention was for Voldemort to hear the prophecy, so that he could kill this. So he could some kid.
0: Baby. He's definitely, definitely sending him to kill a baby. So
1: does that matter? It doesn't
0: really matter who it was. Yeah,
1: doesn't matter who it was. It just matters that they told.
0: He does say that Snape had immense regret. This is possibly his greatest regret, and the reason that he left Voldemort and returned to potentially the side of good. And he says, still, I trust Severus completely. So
1: He's like, you've made some mistakes, buddy. Like, some big, big mistakes, but I still trust you.
0: He also is still trying to convince Harry. It doesn't matter what you think about Snape. I trust him, you trust me, just be on board with me. Let's be on on the Snape club. (laughs)
1: Like, he doesn't trust Snape, but he trusts Voldemort and, I mean, Dumbledore. And Dumbledore trusts Snape, so he sort of half trusts Snape.
0: Harry does not. Harry thinks that Voldemort is delusional where Snape is concerned. I think that Harry does not believe that Snape is 100% evil, but I do think he thinks Voldemort or that Dumbledore is the wisest wizard in the world, but on this one thing he is dead wrong. Snape cannot be trusted. He would not be so mean and horrible and cruel and... Potentially dishonest uh, if he was really a good guy. And I don't think he's somebody that we should put our faith in. But he knows Dumbledore says, I don't want to talk about it anymore. So he knows he's not going to convince him, right? Mm-hmm. But he, he he doesn't know what to do. He says we're going to go hunt this Horcrux. But he's got some conditions. What does he tell Harry.
1: You must do whatever, and I mean whatever I tell you if I tell you to uh if I tell you to go run and hide uh you do it if i go if I tell you uh to run and save yourself, do it and he says
0: if I tell you to leave me and save yourself, you will do as I tell you, and uh understood Harry agrees, so he's like, um, this sounds like this mission's gonna get a little you know hairy for Harry. Yeah. <laughs> um, there certainly uh, Dumbledore seems to know some of the danger that he may not be letting on. He also says, go get your invisibility cloak, which is interesting because Dumbledore has already told Harry to never go anywhere without your invisibility cloak.
1: He probably knows that he's not taking it.
0: So he's like, hey, that thing I told you to always have with you. Yeah, go get it because <laughs> you're supposed to have it with you. Back in the common room, because he's going to get his cloak. He uh, gives Hermione and Ron the Marauders map and the Felix Felicis, which is interesting. I guess that means he didn't drink all of it. No. I, I would have assumed he had. I guess I forgot that he didn't drink In all of it. In the
1: book, it, it said he took, a measured, he took a measured gulp.
0: Jeez, I wonder what would have happened if he would have had all of it. Then uh, he tells them about Malfoy and to go watch Malfoy and to contact any other Dumbledore Army members that they can. I wonder if they t- are taking him seriously yet because they don't they so far don't believe the Malfoy, you know, is the villain thing. Uh, Harry goes to Dumbledore, who instructs him to put on the cloak and they head to Hogsmeade. It's interesting that Harry wouldn't get in trouble if he was in Hogsmeade with the headmaster, but he doesn't want anybody to see him. And he tells uh, Dumbledore tells Madame Rose murder. They're going to go to the hogshead and then they apparate away. We don't know where they're going other than this cave. We don't really know what what's in store for them at this point. And uh and that's it. There's only 5 chapters left in this book.
1: So I guess next chap um I guess next episode's going to be kind of short.
0: It'll be the same as this. There was only 5 chapters here. It'll be ah. 5 chapters in that one. Uh the next chapter is chapter 26, The Cave. Obviously we know which cave they are talking about, and it sounds like it's going to be a you know, pretty action-packed Chapter.
1: Uh the entire rest of the book is super action packed.
0: That's true. Uh up and cause you know, you have you read it before we went to Wizarding World. I will say this. That was a pretty good call. We wanted you originally to finish the entire series before going to Wizarding World for fear that there would be spoilers.
1: But there weren't many.
0: Here's the thing. Um, for anyone that hasn't been The only thing at Wizarding World that I thought might present live action in-your-face spoilers were the two rides, the Escape from Gringotts and the Hogwarts Journey, whatever it's called. They handle the story elements in really clever ways. Uh, For instance, the Escape from Gringotts takes place during Book 7, but you are not presented with what Harry, Hermione, and Ron are doing. You're actually being led by Bill Weasley, who is not in that scene in the book.
1: But you're still being led by him, so it's not spoiled.
0: Yeah, You don't know what Harry, Ron, and Hermione are doing, which would give you book spoilers. All you know is that you're in Gringotts riding a, a car through the mines. And we'll get into this more when we do this episode, but that is the best multi like Sensory experience ride I've ever been on in my life. Like, it was unbelievable. Like
1: it's pitch black except for holograms that look really real. There's this giant drop at the edge.
0: All right, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll do a whole episode about it. We got a lot to talk about. We I might can't even wait. We might even do two episodes about it. But it was, uh, it was certainly an experience. It was something. Do,
1: can we do that episode tonight? No. Ah.
0: Bedtime. It's past your bedtime. Dang it. So, thank you for listening. Thank you to Harry and the Potters for letting us use this book is so awesome as our theme song. Thank you to our patrons. Please check out patreon.com slash hijinks and sue toss in one, two, three, five dollars a month. If you enjoy the podcast, if you don't like that sort of thing, it's not my place to tell you not to do it. But I could also say we have a donation page. If you go to the podcast click on support and click on PayPal donate, toss a few bucks our way. Certainly appreciate it. Here's something you can do for free. You could give us an iTunes review. If you enjoy this show, if you think Lily's doing a great job <laughs> as a uh, co host, then go ahead and give us a positive iTunes review and perhaps help more people find the show. For Potter and Daughter, I'm Joel Watson.
1: And I'm Lily Watson.
0: I'm going to call it right now Great Episode.
1: Bam, bam, bam.
0: <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> What does it even mean? I don't know.
1: Okay. This, defi- this book is definitely so awesome.
0: Uh, Yeah, bam, bam, bam.
1: <laughs> this book is so awesome.